Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. What is up? What is up, my party people? I am so motherforking excited about my guest today. On today's show, we got the one, the only Amy Young. And of the funnest of facts, I've been following Amy Young for a hot second here. It kind of started, one of my friends was like, you need to get in on this girl's content. And then I was like, okay, we'll we'll see what she's got to offer, right? And I was blown away. She's so smart. She's so witty. She's fucking hilarious. And she's super real and raw. And I am just obsessed with her content. I'm obsessed with what she does. I'm obsessed with her approach and her perspective and how she shows up fully expressed in her work. I would highly, highly recommend following her on Instagram. Definitely go subscribe to her YouTube channel. She has well over 100,000 subscribers up in there. And she is incredible. She has like a total raw and real approach to love, dating, relationships, and life. And I'm just like obsessed with her. She also has a podcast called Just What You Needed. I'm going to link everything in the show notes below. You can find out more information and figure out how to work with her at amyyoungcoaching.com. But I'm going to throw that all in the show notes so you can just swipe up after you've like absorbed this super gooey, gooey, delicious episode. And then you can just swipe up and click away to your heart's content and get up in everything that she has to offer. Okay. But without further ado, welcome to our conversation. I'm going to link you up in there in a hot second here. We did have some technical glitches. I got them all out, but y'all know me. I don't really edit my podcast at all. It's really raw and unfiltered. So there might be some glitchy moments, but I would just appreciate you to just love on them as well, okay? Because technology is weird and funky, but the episode itself is just incredible, okay? Get hyped, get excited, brew some coffee, bitches. We're coming in hot, and here we have Amy Young. Okay, what's up? We got Amy Young on the podcast. That was me trying to do air air horn. I don't know how. It was perfect. (laughs) Like, you didn't have to tell us what it was. It was like, we knew. Wow, you just like knew. You felt it yourself. <laughs> I did. I'm going to make it like a thing that anytime I get introduced anywhere, like I go to like a friend's birthday party, I'm going to be like, I need you to do an air horn sound. It's necessary, right? And it's so funny because I was teaching like all kind of around Alberta this past month. I was like doing little artists and residency things that I haven't done in a long time, but I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Right. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing ever is sometimes when someone goes up to do like the beginning speech, we play like the Darth Vader, like theme song, like, right. Cause you just sound cute. So the best But every time I'm like, I need a theme song. So every yeah. week I'm like, okay, so this is my new entrance song for the week. Like this is what people should sing when I enter rooms. I make all the kids call me queen Danny. 
like all like it's necessary like I, I'm like yes you need to call me this in every game that we play I'm yeah. like okay so I'm the queen and they're like of course you're queen Danny and sometimes they'll be like yes queen Danny I'm like this is the best <laughs> you're like how do I get grown-ups on board kids are so impressionable and yeah. they'll just do it that's great that sounds like an amazing like self-esteem boost to like <laughs> I could use that in some areas of my life <laughs> guys like, if you ever are dealing with like codependency issues you just yeah, like yeah, yeah. validated by just, entrance yeah. music Make up a name for yourself. Yeah, I'll go to Starbucks. They'll be like, what's your name? And I'll be like, oh, your majesty? <laughs> you just write that on the cup? And they'll be like, oh, yeah. I soy latte for your majesty. That right. would really, that would be awesome. Yeah. And you want to know how deep-seated my um, the, my problems are? I make my phone call me sensei. So anyways. Genius. Right? Genius. <laughs> These are the hacks, though. These are the hacks. People think, I say this in all of my programs, that yeah. like I make people do crazy things. You know what I mean? Like I make people do crazy. And by crazy, I mean like the things that kind of we're talking about, which is like goofy, yeah. small stuff. You know, like people will say like, oh, make all of your online passwords like affirmations or something like that. Like make yeah. like your banking password, like I am mega wealthy Scrooge McDuck or something, <laughs> you know, like just like come up with something. So then you're typing it a million times a day and it seems small, but it's, I don't think it's that small. I think that like the little stuff actually is the big stuff. And it's like, and if you can have fun with it all, which clearly, I mean, hello, you are like, your middle name is probably, I know that I've only known you for like two and a half minutes, but like, I'm pretty sure your middle name is fun. It totally Um, is. Like, thank you so much. Life is so much better. And like, we stop, and you know, one of my huge things is like, we stop taking it all so seriously. Yeah. Which is such, to me, like an epidemic, especially in the self-help personal development world, we are so up our own asses being like, Mm -hmm. this is all extremely sacred and important. And it is. Yeah. But like, if you can't LOL about it, what are you doing? Right. Exactly. I feel like my biggest confidence thing changed when I was like, I used to be the self-deprecating humor Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, if I hurt myself so bad, no one else can hurt me. Yeah. My biggest confidence shift was one day I decided I was like, okay, even in like, we both have improv backgrounds. Like even with that stuff, I would just jab at myself and stuff like that. Okay. But what if, what if one day I woke up and I'm like, for the entire day, I'm going to pretend that I'm like the most confident person ever. And the actual person who helped me do this was Mindy Kaling. Oh my I God. binge watched the Mindy Project. And I was like, she's just so fucking funny, but she's funny, not at her own expense, but boosting herself up. Yeah. And I was like, what if I just started to do that? And now it's like, that's all I do. And people laugh at it, but it's like, I deeply believe in my worth because I Mm -hmm. stopped self-deprecating myself. It's huge. It's huge. And it's like, I did a video on this a long time ago, you know, but I talked about like how we all have this innate ability to um, just imagine and play pretend with ourselves. Like we come hardwired, you know, like imagination is the name of the game. And it's like in the same way that, you know, me and my sister would get together and we were obsessed with like the, do you remember like the, the three fairies in the Sleeping Beauty movie? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Has it I think one of our news, what is it like? Something even tend to, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, no, like their names are like on the tip of my tongue, but they're escaping me. But we would like be like, oh, we're like those fairies and we have magic wands. And we were, and it was goofy and it was stupid, but it's like 
you know, if I could give myself that level of permission as a child to be like, I'm a fairy person with a magic wand and I could get myself off playing this like crazy imagination game, then clearly I still have that innate ability. And I am just, we're let, four letter words are friendly on this, right? Like I can say, yeah, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, and oh, so I'm just like cock blocking the amount of like fun and freedom that I give myself in my life. Like what if I just lived today? Like the, like as the person that I hope I will become someday, like what if I just decided, I remember going through this with a breakup once cause I, I do so much work with relationships and dating mm-hmm. stuff. That's primarily what I do. But, um, you know, like I was like, oh, I want to be so over this guy. Like, why can't I just get over? It? And I remember one day being like, what if I just lived today as if I was already over it? <laughs> like, I was just like, what if just for today, I didn't bother myself all day with like playing out the details of what happened and wondering why I was such a mess and why I can't seem to move on. I was like, what if just for like the next six hours, I was just like, you know, let's just pretend that I'm over. It. And it was really liberating. And I was like, that's weird that I can just like pretend myself there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and we don't want to like bypass every <laughs> human emotion either. It's not like, like all your feelings and just pretend like you're over it. That's just pretend everything's you know? fine and you'll be fine. But like to, to stretch yourself in that yeah. way, you know, to at least like dabble with it and be like, yeah, what if I was just confident? What if I had like an inner Sasha Fierce that I could let out today? Like, how would I do things differently? Um, so liberating and so fun. I freaking love it. But also you reminded me, who are you for those of you, <laughs> those of us who don't like, know wait you, a second. who are you? We're like, we started, we're like, okay, we're already talking. So let's just click record. But who are you? What do you do? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So my name is Amy Young. Um, I'm a life and love coach. I work with single women. Uh, I also, I'm a YouTube creator. So that's probably like where the hub, my primary hub is on the internet. Um, and yeah, I teach smart single women how to stop settling and get the kind of love they really want. I do a lot of work like helping people just like unfuck their love lives because a lot of, and I, and I say that with all the love in the world because my love life was the most fucked. So like, you know, everything that I teach and talk about is yeah. like learned and lived experience. Um, and if you watch 40 seconds of any of my videos, you'll see very clearly that I am not a perfect person and that I do not have all my shit together. And um and yeah, it's a blast. It's the best. Yeah, your videos are fucking bomb. Thank like, they're you. YouTube goals. Thank How you. How long have you been creating videos for? I started my channel in 2012. Man. Um, and it was, and it's, and the thing was really interesting about it, and I always tell people this, like, you know, because when I started, I was doing comedy and performance and stuff like that. So it was primarily just a creative outlet. Like I was like, I want something that's just for me. I'm sick of going to auditions and mm-hmm. ca- having meetings with casting directors, people who like want me to be like random girl number three at the bar. You know what I mean? Like I was like uh, so bored out of my mind. Yep. Um, so I started it totally on a whim and it really like morphed and evolved over the years into a platform for my coaching practice. But like it it's really odd because if I had been trying to build an online platform as a coach, and you can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes, yeah, as like, air quotes. <laughs> like a life coach, there's no way I would have given myself that much freedom to be as silly or irreverent or funny as I am in my videos. But it was like, I'd already, that was already the tone that was set by the time my channel was established. So then when I started gear shifting and women started reaching out to me to do coaching work, I was like, oh, I guess this resonates with people. Like me being this much of a goofball 
happens to click, which is something I never could have or would have predicted. So it was really nice to have this experience of kind of like accidentally backing into it and being like, oh, this works. Because I think when you're starting out, it's really, you're trying to figure out like, how do I, or for me, I would have been like, how do I present myself as like an authority? Like, how do I make people like respect me or take me seriously? And my advice would be don't. (laughs) I love that so much because that's how I started. There's a video. Oh my God. I have to send it to you because it's like, it's so cute. And I'm not like shaming past Danny. No. Danny took like 15 years of her life was based in going to auditions. Yeah. I was told to be quiet. Don't move your hands. I once had a professor hold my ponytail and be like, you bob your head too much. So you're going to practice like right acting, man. That sounds healthy. (laughs) So healthy. I love it. When they say art school breaks you, this is why. I know. Right? Like acting breaks you. But also I'm very thankful for that work because now I'm like, I can help you. Right? Yeah. And all the things like lived experiences, right? But all these things that were like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. This is how you like numb out who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, enter rooms like a robot and then pray to God that people respect you. And then you are like, then you need to embody whatever character. So in my head, I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. I spent my whole life like being other people. I could totally be an authority figure. So it was like, if I just talk really closely to the microphone and then also like whisper, but then stay completely still and then oh, say wow. big words. Wow. It's so funny. And I'll send it to you because it's like, I did a side by side and it's like, hello, everyone. This is di- like, it's so I know. That was like three years ago. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like I go back and watch and I tell people, I'm like, you can go back and watch some of my first few videos, but I'm like, please don't <laughs> like just do me a favor and don't. <laughs> don't but tell it, me you did, but go do it. it. Also, it takes so much time and repetition and just practice to get more and more comfortable, which is why I get, when I've done like mentoring with new coaches or entrepreneurs and stuff, I'm like, just start now because like yeah. in six months, you'll be so much better at what you want to be better at, but like you have to just get the reps in and do it enough times to just be like, oh, this isn't that weird anymore for me to be mm-hmm. talking into a camera like it's a person, which is a, it's a skill. Like it's hard. It doesn't feel normal. It didn't feel natural to me. Um, the only reason it did is because, yeah, because I've been like doing, forcing myself to do it for seven years. So now it feels a yeah. little bit better. But yeah. yeah, it takes, it totally takes practice and just like letting yourself just hang out and feel it out. That's so cool. So how did you get from comedian slash performer slash all the things, right? And going directly into like coaching. And what was that progression for you? Yeah. Because it seems like you like got your shit on lock right now. And you like, you're like (laughs) in your zone. Like you're like, thanks, babe. Yeah, I know. I was like, thanks. You there, you there. So like, how did you go from like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Oh shit, this is where it's at. Like, what was yeah. that progression for you? And behind the scenes a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um it's always funny because when I talk about this, it sounds very much like, oh, things just kind of lined up. But obviously, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, I have no clue what's happening. And like I'm just throwing a ton of paint at the wall. And like maybe it's gonna be okay. I don't know. So um yeah, so don't think that I don't want anyone who's like in the middle of anything to feel like I should be seeing signs everywhere because like you won't when you're in the middle of it. Like when you're in the middle, nothing looks like a sign. It all just looks like a mess. You're like, what the fuck is happening with my life? (laughs) What's happening with my life? None of this is going well. Um, (laughs) So I, 
Yeah. So there were a few things that kind of converged all at once. So I'd had my channel for a few years and I was getting really burnt out on the entertainment industry. Like I was just like, like I said, I'm sick of going to auditions. I don't want to be an actor. I want to be like creating my own stuff. I was, had been doing standup for a while. And one of the things that bothered me about standup was I was like, oh, they want me to be funny all the time. And I don't always want to be funny. Sometimes I want to talk about like deeper stuff. Um, so I felt limited by all of these, by all of these, you know, passions, like that had really been, I'd been like going gung ho on. So, and around that same time, I was having a little bit of like a quarter life crisis and thinking I wanted to leave New York. And I was, um, pretty like anxious and depressed. Like looking back, I was just like really unhappy. It was like February in New York city, which is like not a good time. And you know, the days are short and it's dark and you're just wandering in New York. No, I'm from Boston originally, but I went to school in New York and then I I lived there for, yeah, five years after. So I was in New York for a long time. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I'm in Canada. Okay. I've been like the Texas of Canada. No, but you said Alberta. There are so many cool people in Alberta. Oh, do you think? (laughs) It's true. Like I keep being like, I need to come to Calgary. Because like, it's just the whole, the whole area. I'm just like obsessed with everyone. I'm like, why is this such like a hub of like online creative genius? Okay. So I'll come to New York. We'll hang out. Yeah. And then I'll we'll, bring you to the mountains. We'll do I'll a trade <laughs> I would love that. I would That's love that. Done. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's perfect. So I like, yeah. So I was in like a bad place and, um, I started, I was thinking about like, do I go to grad school? I was like, you know, do I like become like a social worker? I come from, you know, the other thing that's always been going on behind the scenes and people are always like, oh, well, that's why you do what you do. But I came from like a very kind of like self-help, mental health focused family. So my mom is a social worker and a mental health clinician. My dad is a coach and he's been a coach for forever. So he had his own coaching business when I was growing up. So I knew about this whole world and I was very equally passionate about it. But, um, you know, what else is true is that like the things that you're really drawn to or the stuff that you're good at tends to be the stuff that you just take for granted. And you're like, that's not special. Like everybody reads Eckhart Tolle at like 16. (laughs) Like that's like a thing everybody does. And it's like, no, not necessarily. But um, so I was doing a lot of like just feeling out about what I wanted to do. And then, you know, moving into that summer... Um, a handful of women found my actor website. And at this time I had maybe like 3,500, 4,000 YouTube subscribers, which I was like very excited to have because it took me a really long time to get that many. Um, and, and some women started reaching out to me via email, just being like, Hey, I really like your videos. Also, by the way, like I happen to be dealing with this weird situation with a guy. Have you ever dealt with anything like that? Like, what do you think it means? So I fell into this really kind of casual email correspondence with some women and it, and, and at the time that I was thinking about, I was like per- looking at different, yeah, like psychology programs. Um, I kind of like, again, it's like these dots sort of like connected. And I was like, this is sort of weird. Like here I am thinking that I want to pursue this. This is kind of already happening via my YouTube platform. At the same time, randomly, like I started seeing ads for Marie Forleo's B-School, which was not something that I ever knew about before. But I was like, what is this whole online business world? Like it felt like this like veil got lifted. And I was like, this is a thing. Like people do things like this online. And I'm kind of already doing it in this unofficial way. Like people are now asking for my help. Um, What if I started doing this? Like what if I just like decided I was going to try and make this happen and see how it went? 
and lo and behold, <laughs> um, I started doing it and like, and, and things, um, I mean, things like, you know, I just like went balls to the wall. That's the main thing. Like once I decided I was like, I'm committed to this and I'm going to try it. I just made it like my full-time thing. I moved back home. I like left New York. I was like, I can't do this with my current lifestyle because I was like bartending all the time and like drinking and felt like I needed like a hard, like close this chapter, start a new chapter. Um, I got, I went to the coaches training Institute. I got trained as a coach, which is like a really amazing program for anyone who's looking to get coaching skills. And I'm not like a big like certification training person, but when people ask, I think CTI is a really amazing resource. Um, and within like, yeah. And like a year and a half later, I was able to quit waiting tables and went full-time with coaching and, and it's just been better and better ever since. Damn. The universe is a tricky bitch. I was thinking, I don't why, like, like, why can't you be more obvious? Like, I'm just like, what? It's like, hurting a cat though like I was so I was in the hallway like I, I, a few weeks ago I was teaching at a junior high and it was really fucking cool because we were doing like work on like identity and telling your stories and all the shit that I like love love but I, getting them from place to place it was like hurting cats I was like guys like walk fat like let's go and they're just like what is life? Is this yeah. my phone? What's happening? That's a cute girl like and I just thought the entire time I'm like this is what it must feel like to get us into our purpose. (laughs) It's like, what is she doing over there? It's like, for me, it was like, oh, she's dating another crappy guy. Like, when is she going to fucking get it? Like, it was like, I was getting like whacked. (laughs) Like, hey, like, get your shit together, girl. And I was just like, la, 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 not paying attention. But it's really, but you know, that's the thing, right? Is that's like my least favorite and my most favorite thing about everybody's journey and story is that like, yeah, like when you're in the middle of it, it pretty much never makes any sense. With a little bit of hindsight and retrospect, you can look back and be like, oh, point A to point B to point C to point D. Cool. The funny thing is, do you think that we would be able to apply that like in the moment when we're currently freaking out about stuff? No. Like, nope. is there any is there any part of us that's like, oh, I've been here before. Like, life gets confusing sometimes, and you figure it out. Yeah. No, we're just like, oh no, another mess. I shouldn't be here. This shouldn't be confusing. I shouldn't feel lost. I should just know what I'm doing all the time. Look at all these other people who know what they're doing all the time, and it's like nobody knows what they're doing even half the time. Yeah, I tell my friends and my clients all the time, like when they're in the thick of it, I'm like, you're doing, and a lot of people have been like, put that on a mug. But it's like, <laughs> you're being such a good human. You're yes. so good at humaning right now, put is what I say. Mug. Put that on a mug. You're doing so good at humaning. Love, Danny. Yes, <laughs> you have to. Like, but really, it's, it's like, we're, we're not supposed to know. I have, <laughs> I was like drafting a post the other day where it's like, you're not supposed to know any more than what you know right now ever, 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 ever. Like if you feel like you're missing some big pieces, cool. Great. Like welcome to life. Like the pieces are going to, are going to fall into place at the rate and the pace that they're ready and willing to fall into place. And like, you don't need to stress about it. You don't need Mm -hmm. to stress. Mm -hmm. Cause it's Um, all like happening. 
And that's the thing. It's like when I was hurting those junior high kids, I'm like, we're going to the gym. <laughs> we're going to the gym. Just keep walking straight. Yeah. They're like, but what are we doing? How what, t- what time is it right now? What's happening next? What did you do yesterday, Danielle? And I was like, let's just walk to the gym. Please, <laughs> please. Can we just get to the goddamn gymnasium? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it'll all be revealed when we're there. But just all you have to do right now is walk straight, like one foot in front of the other. And it was so the whole time because everything has to do with coaching when you're a coach, right? I like, know. Everything that happens. And I was just like, ah, this is exactly, it's like so funny because I also think that God, universe, whatever you believe in, like has the best fucking sense of humor ever. So it was of like course. looking down and be like, this is payback. <laughs> this is what you get right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> oh my and God. I love, I love that first, but I just want to add to that. It's like, mm. take the metaphor even deeper you have to keep moving, right? Like, it's like if the kids just stopped in the middle of the hallway, you would never get to the gymnasium. And I think a lot of people think that they need to do that. Like, it's like, I need to stop until I figure out what direction I'm headed in and where I'm going and where I'm ending up and what. And I remember what that felt like for me when I first started wanting to coach. I was like, really, I was scared to like niche down. Like, I was like, if I only talk to single women, like, there's lots of things I'm really passionate about. I don't want to just talk about relationship stuff. I don't want to just talk about dating. Um, and I remember having a great conversation with a mentor at the time, you know, which is, this isn't going to be like news to you or anybody, but she was just like, don't worry about that. Like, you'll always connect with people who are outside your niche or who aren't single women. If people resonate your work with your work, they'll just resonate with you. They'll want to work with you no matter what, but like just move in this direction because this is like the direction that you're already moving in. You know, like you have people coming to you and asking you for dating help or advice to understand their boyfriends better. So like just go down that hallway, just go down because it's, it's the hallway that you're currently in. And like, if you stop and you're trying to like, be like, wait, but where's it all going to take me? Then everything is like dead in the water and it doesn't work at all. Oh my God. I love that because that leads in perfectly to what I was going to ask you anyways. Oh my God. See, it's all happening. (laughs) I'll work it out. Synergy. (laughs) So good. Oh my God. Have you ever played the game Convergence? No. Oh, yeah. Is it a board game? No, it's like an improv game. (laughs) So hold on, everyone. If you ever meet me ever or come to my one of my retreats, I will teach you convergence. So here you go, because I'm going to teach Amy right now. Where it's like you'll love it so much. So it's, I think it's the first thing that comes to my head, and I say one. Uh huh. And then you think of the first thing that comes to your head, and you say two. Yeah. And then we are the same, and, the, and we count down like one, two, three, and we say it out loud. And it could be like yes. banana, penguin. And then when you yes. say the same thing, yeah, so you know, yeah, it's when you called, say the same it, thing. It, I, we called it mind meld. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> we call it convergence because what we do is like, I don't know, we did an acting, and you do it like, you can do it too with two people, and I make all my friends play, and they hate it's it. Super fun. I love it. So I don't fun. know why people don't like. I know it's they like because they need to trust the process. <laughs> they just yeah. need to trust it. But yeah. we always do like convergence, and we clap our hands together, and we're like convergence. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> that is a very crucial part of this conversation. Clearly, but yeah. anyways, that's synchronicity. It's the best. Okay. Now moving forward, what I've been talking about for like the past couple weeks that I think would be so cool to talk to you about because you're like let's talk some business stuff and I'm like Fuck yeah like oh yeah um so a lot of people have and this is so funny because it's been like a theme because I switched back and forth just going from that like trust the lane that you're in in the moment and you yes. don't I don't want to niche down type of deal 
a lot of people, and I did this too. And I feel like I'm still to some degree, like it's like a pendulum swing and I'm Mm -hmm. just evening out until I'm like calming the fuck down completely and like trusting completely. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I went from being like, I'm teaching on content and business and businessy things. And I have to talk about results and money results and that and business stuff. And then really I'm like, but secretly we're going to talk about your identity and like how you feel about things. <laughs> like let's talk about your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just trust me here. But it would be like back and forth. But then every time that I would be so deep into the self-expression and stuff that I teach on now and voice last year, believe it or not, I didn't talk about the fact that I have a background in performance, I wouldn't tell anyone. Mm. I wouldn't talk about the fact that I actually teach on voice. I wouldn't talk about the fact that I teach on self-expression and content and Mm -hmm. that I teach outside of coaching as well sometimes. And I'll do like residency work or that I was a public speaker or at Inlet. And like, that's my business. Like that is literally my business. But a year ago, I was like, if I talk about that, no one will hire me. Right. And it's so backwards. So like that pendulum, I would notice that every time that I went back into like that, this is really what I want to be teaching on. It feels so good. I'd have like guilt and be like, oh my God, but it's not happening quick enough. So I have to like jump back into like my other niche and like be super focused on that and back and forth. And it's so funny because in the past couple of weeks, a lot of people have actually been coming to me and being like, how do I get paid for teaching on what I want to teach on? How do I not sell out and have to teach on something else in order to make money? Like, how do I go down my lane and trust that like I can be profitable being myself, mm-hmm. now please tell us all the things on your opinion. Go. Wow. OMG. I love this question so much. Um, so it's really interesting because I, since I do, I always have a hard time introducing myself <laughs> just in general. It's just horrible. It's just like, Same it's you. really bad. Like I love the work that I do and I think it's the most legit thing in the world. And yet like someone asked me, what do you do? And I'm just like, uh, So like, if you're in that camp, like, don't feel, I feel like people like give shame about that. Like you need to be able to say what you do with confidence. I'm like, or it doesn't really matter. Like the elevator pitch thing. I'm like, you get to all things because even me, it depends on who I'm introducing myself to, which is interesting because I'm writing a book right now called Mm -hmm. get off your ass and into your life already. So fun. Anyways, choose your own adventure. Anyways, it's like so exciting. Anyways, so I was talking to people a lot on identity work because I have like an experience group that like takes behind the scenes of a lot of chapters and we do identity work. And one of the challenges that I got them to do to get off their ass and into their life was to go notice how they introduce themselves based on who they're around. Mm. And it's just interesting to be like... What a fun exercise. So fun. Because if I am in the acting community, I still introduce myself as an actor. But if I'm in the business community, I don't talk about acting at all. But now I do. Now I'm like way more fluid with how I introduce myself. But then also I get emails that are like CC'd author Danielle Driuso. And I want to vomit projectively like onto my computer screen. And then there's also times where I don't talk about my business if I'm in schools because it's like, I swear a lot on the internet. So I'm not like, I'm teaching your kindergartner voice. Also, I say fuck a lot. Please follow me at Daddy Dreams. So <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So there's it's a lot of weird overlap. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. And that's the thing is I think it's like, it's obviously it's important to be able to talk about what you do. Like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that like, you know, if you fumble over every single word, it's just like, just live with that. Like I can talk comfortably about what I do, but I remember I've worked with, or I've like hired consultants or worked with coaches who were like, really pushed me hard in the direction of like, you need to more of your marketing and your messaging needs to be about like getting people like their soulmate. You know what I mean? Like how, mm. like, like how to, I'm, I'm like, do you know Matthew Hussey? Do you know his videos? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. So Matthew Hussey, right? Like his whole thing is get the guy. His yeah. whole thing is get the guy. And it's masterfully brilliant. Matthew Hussey does Matthew Hussey all day. Nobody's fucking arguing with that guy. Like yeah. he's yeah. doing great. That's not my thing. Like, you know, like my whole thing and what I coach women on and what I teach is like, it's actually not about getting the guy. You think it's about getting the guy. I promise you, we all know, circle that block enough times and you'll realize, oh, this isn't about getting the guy. This is about me hating myself. Or this is about me making poor choices. Or this is about me like continually perpetuating my like childhood wounds and attachment problems. Like, you know, like, oh, there's a lot of stuff with me that I need to get right with. And when I get right with me and my life is in a better feeling place, my love life is going to go a lot better. And that's all, and that's what I believe. And that's what I've seen work for people. And that's what always resonates with my people. But, you know, in the world of like online business, it's so, it is so much about like, you're selling the result and you're selling the solution and you need to be able to like give people what they want. And I remember it was such a wake up call for me when I started, when my coaching practice was full and I started having to put people on a wait list to work with me and I would have an application that people would fill out. I remember, you know, asking people like, why, basically like, why do you want to work with me? Like, what do you need to work on? And time and time again, these women would be like, yes, I want a relationship, but I ultimately know that I just need to be okay with like who I am. And I just want to have a better relationship with myself. And I remember when I actually saw that it was so affirming because I was like, oh, that's what I've wanted to talk about this whole time. And that's what I have been talking about. And that's what's actually going to land. And if I had been trying to do the quote unquote, like smart strategic businessy thing of being like, we're going to get you a husband, it would have fallen flat and not resonated with people because that's not my truth. Like I'm happy to help you align with the best possible partner for you. I also am not going to lie to you and make it seem like that's a good idea if you're not in a good place to like be prepared to meet that person, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's really, it takes such a level of permission and self-trust to be like what I'm passionate about, curious about, interested in, or the stuff that I want to talk about is valid. It's And just because it's not what everyone else is talking about, or just because it's not you know, the, yeah, like the smart strategic business thing. It's like, you have to give yourself this wide berth to just explore the topics and just get a sense of what your voice actually is, you know, because like, if you don't just let yourself talk a bunch, sort of like we were saying, right. If you don't let yourself make a lot of videos, if you don't let yourself do a ton of podcast episodes or whatever, you can't figure out what it is that you're trying to offer or that you're trying to sell or how you want to serve people without actually doing that. Like my friend, Asia Croson, who I feel like you would love, by the way, she's a photographer. She's so fun. But she says all the time, it's like, you have to put clay on the table to actually mold it into something. And so many people, we're so afraid to put clay on the table because it's like, what if my clay is the wrong clay? And your clay is never wrong. Like the color of your clay is perfect. How much, however much clay you have is perfect. Don't worry about it. Like you're going to mold it into just the right thing, but you got to get your hands dirty. Mm, I love that so much. And it's so true. And I always say, What's the thing? Because like physical resistance in your voice is all emotional resistance. Like that's the thing. Mm. Like your voice, your voice, your body knows what to do. Like you're fucking breathing. Congratulations, you're living. Your heart is beating. Like you're doing great. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you're doing good great. job, human. Good, good job. Such a good job, humaning. And if you have any like physical strain or exhaustion or weirdness or you blow your voice or whatever, it's just like emotional resistance from not yeah. trusting yourself. So it's like, if you can't talk about something all day long, if you can't like, this is what, like make so much excessive content, 
tongue without getting exhausted or blowing your voice or having tension or shallow breath or all these guys, if you're wondering, this is definitely what's going on <laughs> or anxiety or lump in your throat or your tongue muscle. A lot of people think it's like vocal tension in their, in their voice, but really it's their tongue muscle from physically actively holding tension in the back of your tongue because you're so scared about what you're talking about. Like if it's not just like fluid, there's probably some shit going on and it's like resistance. Cause I like, if you can make so much content on your YouTube and stuff like that, like obviously you like talking about it. Well, and it's funny because a couple of things, (laughs) one, all of, I was like, I was really anxious about telling people that I wanted to coach because like, I cannot stress enough that especially like when I was in my early twenties. Like I, I, my relationships were like a mess. Do you know what I mean? Like my dating Mm. life was so fucking weird. Like, and I was always involved with some new guy. And it was like, to the point where literally there were moments where I was like, what up universe? Like, I don't get why this keeps happening to me. But when I look back, well, first of all, number one, it was like obviously the best training camp for like all of the work that I do. Cause there's literally like no situation that anyone brings to me that I'm like, can't relate. Don't get it. Like I relate to and get everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was so nervous to tell my girlfriends about it because I was like, it's a big leap for me to go from like having all these weird, granted, like I'd been in therapy, I'd been doing work on myself for a long time too, but it's always, you know, it's like parallel paths. Like it's not yeah. like you get into therapy and then it's just like, you know, all your problems are solved. It's like, you're still figuring shit out as you go along. Um, but everyone was like, Amy, that's all you do. Like who you're the one that like I talk to when I'm going through weird relationship stuff. You know what I mean? That it's like, that's what we do is we get together and we unpack relationship stuff. And it's like, you're fascinated by it. Like, of course you're going to want to help people with that and talk to people about that. Like, that's not surprising at all. And I remember being like, oh, so I was just the last person <laughs> to figure this out. And the other thing I wanted to say is that when I started my YouTube channel, a lot of people, and people sometimes still ask, but I think they've mostly given up at this point. People would ask me to do beauty videos, like hair and makeup stuff, because like I'm very hair and makeup-y. Oh my God. Side note. Okay. So I used to be a makeup artist. I used to teach special effects makeup and oh I used to, yeah, you super fun. Like a rich life. <laughs> like People can be like, how many lives have you lived? I know. I feel like you're going to be like, also I was in the circus <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> like I was a tumbler. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's a long story. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I also, I was raised by a pack of wolves. It's been like yeah, a I was like a dental hygienist <laughs> when I was in high school. It's not a big deal. Like, not a big deal at all. There's like, it's so funny because I went from posting all my makeup stuff and like I was I was working in with like a major makeup brand too. And I was like product specialist. And I was like mm-hmm. the person that people would come to. And we would, I would be the person that was like, cause I still had this background in acting. I saw this background in theater. It was like one of my many jobs that I was doing at the time to like mm-hmm. make it in the industry in between auditions, you know? And yeah. people would come into my chair and they would be like, oh, wow, your lip is so bright. Like, I could never do something like that. And I'm like, let's talk about your deep-seated emotional trauma. <laughs> like, if you like, let's just like, you, I think you have some limiting beliefs around yeah. lipstick. Yeah. I think yeah, we, like, we right? To, yeah, we need to get rid of some of those limiting beliefs. Exactly. Like, who told you you can't have that? Oh, who it was my mother. You? That's exactly it. But it's so funny because when I started, people were like, Danny, we want a beauty tutorial. And I was oh like, my gosh. no, bitch, no. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I love, I love <laughs> it when I can ask that. But I even to the point where I literally made a joke. Like, I made a video that is called woke as fuck makeup tutorial. And I put it like, it's on my YouTube. It's on any, everything, but literally to the point where I'm like, y'all are still asking me to do a beauty video. So you know what? I'm going to do it. Here's how I do my daily makeup. And I like literally put 
crappy eyeshadow on with like a crystal and it's a ridiculous video. But do you know how many times people messaged me being like, oh my God, Danny, I legit thought this was a beauty tutorial. I watched it this morning while I got up and I like went to go do my makeup and I was like, what the fuck is she doing with that crystal? I'm like, it's so funny though, because people put you into this, like, this is what we want from you and you have to like, yeah, yeah it's just funny. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, continue. And it's related. No, but it's, but it was this weird thing where like, I thought I was like, maybe I should do something. And this was even before I started coaching. I was yeah. like, maybe I should just like try and toss something up there. And I've tried to do like makeup stuff. Like I did a series last year on Instagram stories called beauty time, which right. was just like, this is like my signature eye look that I do every day. And I literally got like four videos deep in this. And I was like, I was like, I have nothing more to say about this. <laughs> like I was like, I have hit my limit for what I can talk about, which gives yeah. me a ton of respect for beauty gurus. Cause I'm like, how do they just keep talking about this stuff? But people probably mm-hmm. feel that way about me. That it's like, how can she keep, how many videos can she make about unavailable men? And I'm like <laughs> a million. Like so many million. Let me count the ways that we can talk about this. But I think that's such a good point that it's like, and again, it's everyone, it's everybody's blind spot. Like, you know, like every, you don't know what you love to talk about it because you love talking about it so much that you don't think about it. Like you don't know what is circulating in your brain all the time because it's like, it's, it's your oxygen, you know, you're just like breathing it. So it's like, you're not paying any attention to it, but that's such a great exercise. Like I'll have people do this too, like interview people who know them really, really well Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, what's the thing that you would come to me for? What do you trust that I have a lot of knowledge? And people, it's usually one of the things where people will be surprised by the answers that they receive. And at the same time, they won't be surprised, you know, like they'll be like, Oh, like me, right. When my girlfriends were like, of course you want to do like dating and relationship stuff. Duh. I was like, wow, I can't believe that you like see me that clearly. I can't believe I don't see myself that clearly, you know, that it like, but it's how it goes a lot of the time. It is. And it's literally what it always circles back to. Cause even teaching with a lot of my colleagues, it's so funny. Cause there's like some that knew me from years ago, like three years ago when I was an intern with the company that I did a residency and artist. And then like, there's three that had just met me that were actors in the community. We would go like after each session that with, with the kids among all ages, right. We'd go back and we talk about like, how's your class? Like, do you need any support? All this stuff. And I just like come in and every class I like, they'd be like, Oh, I had a really hard time, like quieting them down or this happened and this happened. And I'd be like, I just had such an amazing conversation about identity with my grade nines and like a judgment, like self-judgment, how they feel expectations. And every single time that I'd come back, I'd be like, oh my God, my grade sixes, like their identity is just amazing. And like their ideas of confidence and character work and traits that they like admire about me. And it's so funny because everyone was like, how the fuck do you go in and you're like, guys, we're going to make a play this week to be like, just tell me about like your deep seated like judgment things. And, like what are some traits that you identify with and other people? And it's so funny because that is exactly people would kind of, like the people who knew me were like, of course, Danny had another conversation with a bunch of kids about identity. Like, of course, like that is what she does. But the people who didn't knew, know me were like, can I come watch you facilitate? Like, how do you even get to that? <laughs> but don't you think some of that is that like, you just have a superpower there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's like so natural. I'm just like, how do you not like, how do you not have these conversations with people? Like, how do you not have people just tell you deep personal information all the time? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other thing too, that like, and I'm like hesitant to say this because I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. That it's like, if it feels like you keep pushing and pushing and pushing yourself in a direction and it's like not working. It's not landing. People don't want to talk to you about that stuff. Like pay attention to that too. 
mm-hmm. because it, you know what I mean? Because I do think that we tend to be, we tend to have a harder time seeing our strengths and gifts and like innate superpowers and abilities than other people do. Like we're often the self-perception is a zoo. I love that quote yeah. from Jen Sincero. Like it's mm-hmm. just like, nobody understands themselves. Like basically <laughs> they're making it all up. And, and I think that like, yeah, there are some, like we do all have these innate strengths and skills, but like, if I try to have someone else's skills, it's not going to work. And like, I think we all do that. Like social media is the worst for that. Like you yeah. go and look at someone on Instagram, like I'll look at a coach who's like, she's all like boho and chill and like burning Palo Santo. And I'm like, ah, oh, she's like so peaceful. Like, Yes, like, I want that. Yes. I'm like, yeah. why can't I be like boho and chill and peaceful? And it's like, because that's just not really my vibe. Like, that's just not, for whatever reason, that's just not really how I wound up coming out. So I got to like work, work with what the good Lord gave me. But yeah. And it's yeah. like, I know for a fact that I came out of the womb, like jazz hands first. Like it was like, da, 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 like the little frog in Looney Tunes. That was like me coming out of the womb. And it was so, it, what a great visual, right? You're welcome. everyone. <laughs> really like perfect. the frog, like out of the bajish. Okay. Anyway, yeah. so that, that for me was always so innate and this idea of like being too much or being extra or being too bright or being too whatever. And for the longest time I was like, oh, people keep telling me about, like telling this about me that I'm like too much, that I'm too whatever, that I'm too like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, clearly like what people are saying to me, that's like, I can't be that. Yeah. So I have to be the opposite. And it's yeah. fucking exhausting. No, you can't. But, but what I didn't realize is they, like for me, I'm like, this is so much judgment. Like, oh, they hate me. But really they're just like, fuck, I wish I could be like that. Like, or mm-hmm. I wish I could have that. Or I wish that I could like be that unapologetic about this. Or I wish mm-hmm. that I could joke around like this. And it is. It's like what comes most naturally to you. A lot of the times we either take it for granted or we try to push ourselves in a different direction and it doesn't work. And it feels like you feel anxious every single day. You feel this is for me, this is exactly what it was. Like it was me sitting on a hill at a country concert and I had a voice message on my Voxer seven minutes long from a client who I felt very obligated to answer right there while I had two beers like resting in my armpit and mac and cheese. I was trying to like put it on my, on my crotch and not spill it. And I was listening on this hill and I was making my friend wait for me so I could answer a question that at the end of it, I was like, I would have just told you to Google this or something. Cause I like, didn't really care about like the, I was like, this is, I don't want to do techno. I don't do technology. But mm-hmm. I was trying to force myself into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I had anxiety all the time about it. I felt obligated. I did not have any personal boundaries because I felt like I had to prove my knowledge mm-hmm. because it wasn't what I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I also felt exhausted just all the time trying to like live up to a standard of, of I would have a call and I would literally have to prepare like an hour in advance because I would have to hype myself up for it. Where now I'm like, I fucking can't wait. Like, yeah, message me all the time. Like, I love this. Like, I can talk all day long, no problem. And I do it inside my business and outside my business. Like, I am the person who will flirt with someone at a bar and somehow, like this true story, my cousin came back and this guy was like, you know what, Danielle, I should open a bakery in Peru. Like, it's what I've always wanted to do. Like, you're the only person who's believed in me enough. And my cousin was like, I am never taking you out. 
ever again <laughs> because it's like, it's can natural. this girl's night not become a coaching session? Yeah. Like, I really love that. Yeah. yeah. Like, please stop talking to people about their passions, Danielle. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah, to have yeah. a good time. But it's just natural as opposed to like forced and like, yeah, because you'll feel it when it's like forced and you're trying to push yourself into something and it's not working, it's not clicking and like no one is receiving it and you feel yeah. about it and you feel like awkward. Yeah. It's just, it's like you're trying to force yourself I always say business is exactly like relationships. So I don't know if you resonate with that, but uh, like, I think it's, it's all, I tell people all the time. I'm like, it's all the same shit. All yeah. The same, all Cause the it's time. like, why would I try to force myself to like go on a date with someone who like, I do not have anything in common with my values are completely the opposite of them. I don't have the same beliefs as them. Our personalities are totally different in the fact that like we butt heads constantly. I can't mm-hmm. even be in the same room with them. And I'm like, oh, I feel obligated to go on a second date with them. I really think I should because I'm trying to be nice. Like, yeah, that's when you try to like push yourself in a different place that you're not supposed to be in. I think the thing that's so sad is that like our training, like our human training, like yeah. tease us up to think that that's what we should be doing. Do you know what I mean? Like in the sense that it's like from a really young age, I talk about this in all of my programs. It's like, you have to look at when you like zoom out and look at kids. I always talk about like kids under the age of five have no, very few problems being themselves. Like they can't help it. Like they don't know how else to be. They're just like, I'm a new little person in the world. They're excited by what they're excited by. Mm -hmm. They feel their feelings fully. They're totally comfortable saying what they want and need. You know what I mean? They will like have a meltdown in the grocery store aisle because you're like, no, we're not buying like every flavor of (laughs) peanut butter. Sorry. Like that's not (laughs) happening. But, and they're just like, but that's what I want. Like we all come hardwired for that. And then like, once you get into school and once you, and it's like well-meaning stuff, like you need to be like a sort of a functional adult in society. So it's like, you need to go through this training program to understand that like, oh no, actually like acceptance is like super duper important and getting approval is super duper important and doing really well in this very formulaic, structured, strict way that we would like you to do well is really, really important. And oh, you like, you aren't interested in this topic? Well, too bad. Life is unfair and you have to spend time focusing on things that you don't want to focus on. You have to spend mm-hmm. time being with people that you don't really like, who don't really get you. It's like we get we get brainwashed into this like, you know, popularity contest a lot of the times and like how successfully can I jump through these other people's hoops? And then if at some point you like wake up from that and you're like, this sucks. Like for some people, that's fine. Like for some people, they feel totally comfortable doing that. But if you're someone that feels like, God, I'm like a square peg and I keep trying to fit myself into this round hole in my life or like in this job or in this relationship, at a certain point, you have to look and just accept like, I am a square peg. I'm just a square peg. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so I, funny. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. No, no. And it's just, <laughs> no, but right. Like, it's just, it's like, and, and that's fine. There are lots of square holes for you, but you're never going to find the square holes when you're jamming yourself in that round hole. That's yeah. what she said. <laughs> oh my God. That's what she said. Ew. <laughs> Oh my God. I love it. And I like totally agree. So I was like, so excited. I'm like, fuck yes, yes, yes. Tell me, tell me what. Let me tell you. So it is so funny because I was on the, and being on, I'm like very blessed to have been on both sides. And I feel like that was like very intentional of the universe, that trippy bitch to put me on both sides because I see, I don't have to fit into the curriculum because I'm not a fucking teacher, but I'm a residency artist. So I get to like come in, fuck shit up and then leave and be like, yeah. Um, but it's really cool because I see all these teachers and they have to, it's like, 
from the other perspective, all these kids, like if you do not fit into this round hole, you're a delinquent because Mm -hmm. the, the one adult per like 32 kids that all have emotions and all are trying to find themselves and all that stuff. That one adult is trying to keep their shit together. Of course. And it's wild to see because they're like, I just want to fucking get through this, this thing without people screaming and hold on Jimmy. And one second, put your hand down, Stacy, put your hand down and like, hold on. Oh my God. Someone's crying. Oh my God. Someone just pooped themselves. Like there's a lot going on. And I just want to, I just want to teach you guys math. (laughs) Like that's all I want. Right. And it's so funny because watching that happen, and then watching the, on the receiving end, the kids are like, there's so many expectations of me. There's so much stuff. So it's like unintentional brainwashing. And when I work with clients, it's like, okay, so what is this one thing? Like, what are the things you've been told? And a lot of the times it's just like understanding both perspectives because the rules never existed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I always work with them. And I'm like, okay, so what's the person who told you that you had to be this certain way? And normally it's like a teacher or a parent or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. So let's just like do a little scenario work here. Like, cool so what happened in that classroom like do you remember what's happening in that classroom do you remember what that like that person they were probably like totally putting expectations on you but it was their own stuff and like let's just like understand all around that everyone's like a really great human yeah and then it normally like reduces the charge of emotion yeah. because they're like oh shit like me watching teachers now and it's so funny because they always tell me like when I go into schools they'll always be like I don't know how you just like take these kids idea. Like people are just like yelling at you and you're like, yeah, that's a great fucking idea. Let's put it on the thing. Like, yeah, that's great. Like, yeah, tell me more. Oh, you feel a certain way. You hate this. Tell me more why you hate this. Like, that's fascinating. Let's talk about it. And she's mm-hmm. like, how do you do that? And it's because I have no emotional connection to like, I love the work that I'm teaching, but I'm not taking it personally. No. And also like these kids are literally telling me how they feel and mm-hmm. I'm giving them a platform to actually talk about it. So it's easy for me because all I have to do is come in and listen, but I mm-hmm. also don't have the government being like, if you don't teach this, you're fired. The government. <laughs> the, the authority. <laughs> this just becomes like an energy podcast. We're just like, guys. <laughs> Every time like, it's so many like screw the man like I feel but, like like all not to, but I, I but, but I cannot agree with you more it's real though but it's the realest like you have to at a certain point you have to unplug yourself from the system right and be like oh like I learned some unhelpful ways of being and any system you know yeah. like I've been going through I'm like dying to talk to you about this maybe I need to like book a session with you to talk about this <laughs> okay let's just hang out like all the time <laughs> But like for me, I've been going through this past, I would, for the past like year or so, I'm like a very much like a spiritual person. I have a really strong, like spiritual grounded sensibility about me. I was raised in like new age philosophy. Like my family is as hippie as they fucking come. And yet at the same time, I grew up very much in an environment that was like, don't talk about this stuff though. Like we believe in like vibes and like you know, the stars and all of this stuff, but it's like hippie weird stuff and people won't like you. Like I grew up with this strong messaging around this that was like, you have to be careful about what you talk about because people will judge you and think that you're like a woo-woo fruitcake. And like burn you at the stake. Yeah, and they'll kill you. Yeah, so yeah, totally. <laughs> my funny story, my confirmation name, because I was raised Roman Catholic, is Joan of Arc. She got burned at the stake for like oh, her spiritual beliefs. And it's so funny because like, that's literally what I teach on. And I was like, holy shit, the universe is a tricky bitch. <laughs> And I 
like, and I've had to go through this weird experience of being like, why am I, it's a huge part of who I am. And it's like, you know what I mean? And I've had to go through this weird winding journey of being like, why am I afraid to talk about this? Like, where did I learn that? Like, what is this? Cause I am at this point, I mean, I'm pretty cool with who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm pretty much like, I know who I am. I get who I am. But when it comes to bringing like different aspects of myself to my, my written content or to my videos or to my work, which I think is a whole other weird thing. Like we've sort of been talking a lot about like when you're starting out and putting clay on the table, but this other weird thing happens when you're just a passionate person or you're on your own trajectory of personal evolution you're going to go through these weird phases of being like, oh, I want to now talk about something new or I want to talk about something different. Mm-hmm. And I never expected it myself. And I'm like, what is all this weird fucking resistance that I have to doing that? Like, and I didn't, and it like yeah. snuck up on me and I didn't even realize that it was happening. And then I was like, oh, this is weird that I'm like censoring myself. Now we get to unpack this weird new layer of self-censorship. Like, what is that about? And I'm in the midst of it right now. And it's like the most bizarre thing because it's like I do feel like like Shrek talks about like you know ogres like have layers like, yes that's what I was literally thinking about. I'm like oh my god convergence like and that's and it's this weird thing of like you uncover these layers and then there's just more and more and more and more and more layers all the time it's so true. That's literally my favorite. Fucking, like, can you tell how excited I got when you were talking? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, isn't that fun? Like, it's not fun for you, but it's so fun for me. Like, <laughs> you go through that. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So yeah. fun. Because, and it's, I, it's so funny because I always say like, yeah, like, do you feel like shit? Like you're moving through mud and you're like, what the fuck's happening? Oh my God. Self-discovery party. Yes. Like I love it. Seriously. Because especially when you're established and this is what I see a lot of the time is like, you've established your voice. You know mm-hmm. who you are, you know your shit, you know yourself. You're like, bitches, I got this. I'm like, this is working, this is great, I love this. Everything's yeah. Good. And then you're like, no, I can't discuss that <laughs> because it's gonna <laughs> fuck it all up. Like, hey, totally. You're like, you're down. like, you're like, oh my God. And it's like, hey, I got this new idea. And it's like, shh, this is all working. Like, no one can know. Stop yet. Like, yeah. It's so weird. Like, I'm like, I feel like it's like if you're building like a castle and then like there's this one brick that you want to put in the castle, you're like, this brick is going to make the whole castle topple over. And it's yeah. literally, and it's like so funny because as I've been dabbling with it and experimenting and yeah. like even asking people, do you want me to talk about more of this stuff? Everyone is like, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Like, can't yeah. wait, bring more. And I'm just like, oh, so this is just me. Like, this is just my own weird stuff around this but your stuff like as an individual your stuff the stuff that's just happening in your head like yeah the self-limitations and the fears that like literally no one else is putting on you for the most part like other people do not care about us as much as we think they do it's so true that's the hardest stuff like it's the because it's like it's like the art of getting out of your own way, right? And like seeing through it. I talk all the time with my clients about like, you have to see through your own shit. Like you have to see that you're the one doing it. Like when I work with women that are like, I can't just like go up to a guy and talk to him. And I'm like, says who? Like what like police force is going to come out and be like, excuse me, it's like we need to, there's no one coming to do that. That police force does not exist. That police force is in your brain. So we need to let them know that like, it's okay <laughs> and it's going to be fine and you can just do it. Oh my God, um, yeah. But yeah, it's tricky. It's so good though. Cause even when I started talking about voice, I remember my one, um, I went to a business retreat last year. This is like when really things really like just blew up mm-hmm. and 
my mentor was like, okay, like tell the class pretty much. Like go ahead and tell the class. But was like, Danny, like you read voices, which I do. I like read people's energy through their voice, which I didn't know I did for like the longest time. I would just like someone, one of my friends would be up and like in the middle of a monologue and I'd be like, wow, they're like holding a lot of tension here in their voice and blah, blah, blah. Like in my head, I just be like, oh, they got a lot of issues going on with their parents right now. Like that's interesting that that's coming. What? Back. So yeah. What? Okay. So it's like, what? Yeah. So if I cannot go to live theater, well, I can't, if, but I, I like when I go you to live time. theater, you can't like turn it off. I can't turn it off because also like, yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, this set is really cool and all this stuff. But then I'll listen to actors and I'm like, ooh, like that's not their real voice. Mm. Like, that's interesting. Or like, oh, mm. they're holding a lot of tension in their gut. I wonder if they like just got this role and blah, 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 blah. Like I'll just like in my head, but it's great for content. Or like when I watch um, speakers go speak on stage, like I'll just be like, oh shit. Like now, and you're then like, I have like notes in you're my- You're like a voice whisperer. <laughs> a voice whisperer. I know, right? And it's so funny because when I was at this thing, um, my mentor at the time, Taylor, she was like, now tell the class, like, like go read everyone's voices. And I'm like, no, it's weird. And we don't talk about that. I do this thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you shut up. And I went around and everyone was like, holy fuck. Like, how do you know that? Like, how do you, how do you know that? And I'm like, oh, I was just like, it's really cool. And then I was like, this is kind of fun. Let's do more. And then I did a voice workshop thing, like a, um, like warm up thing. And I had people who were like crying and people who were like, super like, Oh my God, I fucking love this. And then I had like one person throw up, which is totally normal. You have, <laughs> your nose will run. You might cry a little bit. You're like, you might vomit. It's fine. If you're holding a lot of tension in your solar plexus. Wow. Anyways, voice shit is so cool. <laughs> I had no idea. And like, I studied voice. Like I did like voice lessons. Nobody was like making my nose bleed or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> You won't like spontaneously combust, but like your body will do weird things because your emotions and your beliefs are actually like physically trapped in your body. Yeah. Like when you do deep breath stuff and deep voice stuff and you stop doing it. And my voice teacher actually in university was like, Danielle, you're the, like, you're not using this for performance. You know that, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I'm broken, but it's true. Cause when you stop looking at it from a perspective of how do I hit this note or how do I like be better or how do I sound more Shakespearean when I'm on yeah. the stage and blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like you unpack this layer of learning about your body and how your body functions and your protective measures and like how your body tries to protect itself from being actually mm. heard and seen and understood. And it's like so fucking cool. But moral of the story is I do this weird like voodoo shit, right? <laughs> so it's not actually, but it's like very not normal. And I, and I was scared to talk about it in front of voice people because I'm like, they're going to be like, this is wrong. And then I'm scared to talk about it in front of business people because they're going to be like, this is fucking weird. And then I'm scared to talk about it online because my dad's going to be like, oh, are you back into acting, sweetie? Like, it's like all over weird. But when I did it, it was like everything exploded. And then people were like booking me for major speaking things. And, and I went to like the national voice intensive workshops. And like my, my professor is like, you are inspiring me. Like the professor that literally taught me voice for like four and a half years who's like fucking cool and shit and does like epic things in this world. She's like, you inspire me every day with the stuff that you talk about. And it was just because I started being like this weird, funny thing that I kind of do is kind of like a thing that I do. Yeah. And just like, like owning it. Like just yeah. being like, oh, okay. So this is just a part of me that I have to just own now because yeah. it's like, and it's always funny because I think that when we turn those corners, like I think about it, of course, everything I'm like, oh, relationships. Right. <laughs> but like, there was a point in my life where like, I, I'm like a very sensitive individual. Like yeah. I can cry at anything, anytime. Like mm-hmm. tears are like my truth sauce. Like when I'm talking about something important, I tear up. Like when stuff really hits me, I tear up. Like it could be happy. It could be sad. It could be anything. 
And I remember being so embarrassed about it and being like, oh my God, like every guy is going to think like I'm a psychopath and nobody can handle this. And I would like receive direct or indirect information that would support that. Yeah. And then there was a certain point where I had to just be like, I think this is a big part of who I am. Like this is clearly something that I can't turn off. And if I cannot turn it off, then I just have to claim it and be like, this is something about me. I actually think that it's really great. You can either get down with it or you can't. And either way, it's totally fine. Like, it's not a big deal. I like it no matter what. And I like me no matter what. But it's like, we're all really do like have our hands like on the dials trying to be like, how do I turn down this thing that I can't turn down? Or how do I turn off this like thing that I can't turn off about myself? And it's like, and if it is not turn downable or turn offable, then you just have to like, it needs to be at the volume that it's at. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, even it's like, no, actually turn the volume up on it. Like, yeah, like fucking crank it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn it all the way up. See what happens. It's like in the same way, right? That it's like being funny. Like it's like, yeah. if that's something that you're good at, why would you want to turn that off? You know, mm-hmm. like, does it make any sense? So, I mean, it, it does, it makes sense in a fucked up way, but it's like not a long-term solution. It's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to keep up with it. And it's not like you're saying, it's not how you like get to the goal. Like it's not how you really reach people the way that you want to reach them or how you like align with the right person. Clearly the person that I'm going to align with is not going to have a problem with me being very emotional. That's just how it's going to be. Oh, a hundred percent. And I love that so much. And I have a question for you, like businessy wise. So this is what it really felt like for me. Like, you know how I said before we clicked record, uh, I was telling you how like you watching your videos gave me permission to be funnier. Mm. And so I stopped following like this probably sounds bad, but I stopped following a lot of people, a lot of coaches and a lot of people who are in my industry and stuff like that. And I now when I feel like I need inspiration for me, it's laughter is where I like literally get so jazzed up me or, too. Like, around. Yeah. Or fool it around or like, yeah, like playing that's, that mm-hmm. is my secret sauce for inspiration. Like I just mm-hmm. know myself. Mm-hmm. And so what I'll start to do is instead of like obsessing and being like, I feel anxious today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to compare myself to like 18 other leaders who are better than me and blah, blah, blah. Like they're making more money. Like, let's focus on that for the next three hours. I started being like, I'm going to watch people's like SNL audition day. Yeah. Or like, I read so I do this too. Book. I watch like stand up stuff. Like, I'm yeah. like, nothing gets me like more like. No. No, you're back. back. Okay, keep going. <laughs> oh my God. We told that a heart attack. So I was like, no. But okay, yeah, you watch people stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get love yeah, Or the it's office. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I literally like that's all I will watch right now because it literally makes me think of if a bunch of drama kids or or actor writers got together and thought, you know what, we've all never worked in an office. What do we think it would be like? <laughs> like that's exactly like how I would picture because there's a like a whole Sweeney Todd thing and they're like all that stuff and it's just so funny. Okay. Yeah. So like as a relationship coach specifically, like where do you find the most of your inspiration and the most of your content or like the stuff that you teach on? Like, where do you feel most inspired to like create content from? Such a good question. Cause you're not um, really on the internet a lot. If I must say like you're, it, I, it feels from a receiver of your stuff. It's not like you're like scrolling all day, every day. No, I'm like a creation machine. Like I'm like content is like making stuff is my favorite thing ever, 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 ever. Um, I'm taking a break from YouTube right now, but like, I mean, I'm always on Instagram. Like you can't keep me off, but, um, 
it's interesting because I feel like so many different places, but something that you said that I think is true is like, I have to be really careful about who, who I follow that does things similar to what I do. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'll have, I have friends who are like amazing relationship coaches, amazing, like doing very similar work to me. But if I look at too much of their stuff, I actually, it does not give me any kind of juice. Like it actually makes me like, I go into the, sometimes I go into this weird comparison thing of just being like, I would never talk about that in that way. And it's like, what, this has nothing to do with me. Like, it's like mm-hmm. this, you know, or I would be like, oh, should I be talking about that topic more? And it's like, eh, probably not. Because if I was supposed to be talking about it, I probably would be talking about it already. So sometimes like, sometimes reading really amazing books on like the content and, you know, topics will inspire me. A lot of the times, something that really became nice about when I, when my platform started growing more, my YouTube channel started growing more is people would write in with questions and requests. And that has just been awesome because it's like instant inspiration. Like I'm just like, oh, a human being who's going through something real, like that I can assist them with. Great. Like that, that's how I started my series, my YouTube series Q and Amy, because I was like, people ask me so many questions. I would love to be able to actually help them. Um, the, but like, I honestly just have, I have a note in my phone that's just titled ideas that I've had for like five years. And I just get ideas constantly all the time. And I just write them down. Like there's a million things in there that will never get turned into anything, but I just like always just make notes. And that's from having a stand up background. Cause I would get ideas about like, oh, that could be a bit. And I would like jot it down in my phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's definitely um, an evolution. Something that I did a few years ago that I'll plug that like helped me a lot when I was kind of like, I was putting out so much content. And I didn't really feel like I was like filling the well as much, so to speak. Yeah, like I was just yeah. like, I feel like my well is a little empty. I did the artist way. Um, I've done that a couple what? times. Yeah. And like, that was really, really good because it got me thinking about things creatively, just like in different ways. Mm, So I would recommend that to anybody. Yeah. What's your process like outside? Cause what I've even like personally, it's like a little selfish of me. This is a selfish question. Cause for me, what I realized I am the happiest when I'm like outside of the internet world and like creation mode and like doing my own thing and like interacting with other human beings other than just being like in my room and in my office, like obsessing or like posting stuff and like watching it and see what engagement it gets and like blah, 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 blah. So what, so for me, I've like been filling my well outside of my Mm -hmm. online presence, I guess. For you, what does your life look like kind of day to day? And how do you fill your well? How do you function your business? Like what does the behind the scenes kind of look like now? Yeah. Um, so something that always surprises people is like, I am a hardcore introvert hardcore. Mm. Like, so being by myself with myself and my thoughts and like a notebook and a book or whatever, or just like working independently just isn't that hard for me. So, but of course there's like limits on everything. Right. So like I can also get to a point where I'm like, wow, I'm not talking to enough people or I'm not having enough outside experiences or I need to, I need to get outside my comfort zone a little bit. Like I remember having a really funny moment where I realized like, oh, my comfort zone is... (laughs) My, my current comfort zone used to be my outside my comfort zone. So like sharing on the internet was something that hitting publish on a video was something that was hard for a really long time. Like posting to Instagram was something that was hard. Showing up on Instagram stories every day was hard. And then at a certain point, all of that became my comfort zone. You know what I mean? Where it's like, mm-hmm. this is actually where I'm, where I'm more comfortable. Now taking breaks from all of that, stepping away, not 
you know, responding to every comment or not being able to respond to every DM just because I can't keep up with things anymore. Like having to just accept that that was my reality and being like, oh, so I now have to like step away from this and like go do other things. It's also a weird thing. Like, and I would say I'm talking about this, like, cause I'm in the thick of it and navigating it is like when your passion becomes your livelihood, you know, like that saying that they're like, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's like, no, it's like, do what you love and you'll like obsessively chisel away at it yeah. 25 hours a day, seven days a week for years. And then like, you'll <laughs> see if you keep loving it. And if you do, like, that's a really good sign. But mm-hmm. I had to get to a point where I was like, oh, my business is such like, if, if my life was like a like a pie chart, my business and my creative work online Um, and my coaching was such a huge piece of the pie. It was like almost the whole pie that I had to have like a little bit of a hard conversation with myself being like, your life is bigger than just this. And it needs to be bigger than just this. And you can't draw all your satisfaction and fulfillment from this one area of your life. In the same way that back in the day, I used to do that with relationships. I would like get involved with someone and I would like fall in love and be like, and now my relationship will just be my whole life. And some of that is like my personality. Like I love, I'm an intense person. I love going deep and going hard into things. So it's like, I have to watch myself with that and be like, okay, so how, like making something as simple as like looking at my week and making plans outside of whatever I currently have going on to make sure that I'm going and doing things to like fill up the well, to make sure that I'm like, I love going to shows, making sure that I'm like meeting up with my friends, making sure that I'm like, Oh, how can I just like get outside and do something fun and a little bit different outside my comfort zone? Mm -hmm. Is there a class that I want to sign up for? And like pushing myself to do that kind of stuff because it all like everything else benefits when I do that. But we can all, I think it's our, it's human nature just fall into these kinds of ruts where we're just like doing the same thing or we're just doing it in the same way. And I think it takes a lot of awareness and like, yeah, observation of yourself to be like, oh, let me make sure that I'm not just staying in this rut or staying what's comfortable because it's just like working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So good. Question. Okay. That totally, yes. And also it kind of leads into one of the questions that I got. Can I do speed round? Are you ready? Oh yeah. For yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. We're gonna do a relationship speed round. And hopefully I can get Amy on the podcast again, do a two-parter. I mean we uh, have to. Like we got stunned to it. So that'll be eventually happening again. But we're gonna do some speed round with some of the questions that I got. Okay. Do it to it. One of the questions, a lot of them mentioned the word needy. So your opinions on neediness. And because there were so many questions that just like all of them like needy was a word mm-hmm. that was used a lot. So what are your like speed round opinions on neediness, solving neediness, quote unquote, being yeah. needy in a relationship or like feeling yeah. needy? So I think that, so there's a few different ways that we have to look at this. So the first way that we have to look at it is number one, recognize that there's a difference between being needy and having needs. So one of the problems that's come as a result of um, our current like dating and relationship environment, like how people are connecting and the expectations that we bring to relationships these days, which are very different than they were like a generation or two generations previous, um, we're looking to get a lot more of our most people are looking to get a lot more of their personal needs met in relationship than ever before, right? So it's like, I want you to be my best friend and I want you to be like my lover and I want you to also be like my protector. And I also would love it if you're like Jason Momoa in Aquaman, but also can you be, <laughs> can you be like, 
Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, who is, wait, what was the one from the OC that everybody loves? Not, I can't, Adam Brody. What was his name? Seth Cohen. Can you also be like Seth Cohen? Can you be kind of nerdy like Seth Cohen, but also Jason Momoa? Like Mm -hmm. we want, and that's just something that like our generation, we have really, we have really high expectations for relationships. So because of that, it's very, very easy for us to go into relationships and think like this person should be able to fulfill all my needs. Like if this is going to work, I need you to be able to show up in all these different ways for me. And sort of like I was just saying with business, there's no one person or no one facet of your life that's going to be able to meet all of your needs. And so I think that we have to sort of have really honest assessments and sort of even like, yeah, doing some journaling about it or having conversations with someone you love and trust or a coach or a professional and sort of sussing out for yourself, like what is a reasonable expectation for me to put on a person or on a relationship? And what is a little bit unreasonable? You know, like I remember for me, I had an insatiable, I wanted constant attention from a partner. Like that sounds psychotic because it was. That was me. Yeah, I wanted... (laughs) constant attention. I was like, I, and I need you to text me back within eight seconds. And like, if you don't, and if you can't, I get like anxious and I feel weird and I feel stressed out and I feel insecure and I feel all of these things. And I didn't like being that way. Do you know? Like, it was like looking at it. I was like, I feel needy. Like, I feel like I am asking you to do something, but I can see that it's not really fair, you know? And if I had my way, I wouldn't want to be this way. So it came to me having to like, and I talk about this a lot, I had to shift from a he focus to a me focus, meaning when I would get really obsessive and weird about like, well, what's going on with him and why isn't he texting me back? And like, what is he thinking about? And is he thinking about me? Instead of whenever I had a thought about him, I would be like, okay, well, what do I have going on? And what do I think about me? And can I give attention to myself in this moment and stop, you know, like subcontracting that onto my partner. Um, so it's not a clean answer in the sense that it's going to look different for everybody. But I'll also say, so that's sort of the piece of like, you need to get really clear about what's reasonable and unreasonable for yourself and what you can live with, with yourself and what you can't. Like there's aspects of myself that I had to be like, I can't live with being this type of girlfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this is not the type of partner I want to be. So I need to fucking figure that out. With that said, also, something that happens is that women get afraid to ask for anything in a relationship because a lot of people haven't had what they would call like relationship success or whatever. And um, and so they start thinking like, oh, I need to lower my bar and lower my standards in terms of what I'm looking for. So I think a perfect example of this in my Swipe Like a Boss workshop, which is an online dating workshop that I'm going to be offering again this summer you know, I talk about how it's a non-negotiable if you meet someone online to ask for either a phone call or a FaceTime before you meet them in person. The number of women whose jaws hit the floor at this point in the workshop who are like, I can't possibly do that. And I'm like, yo, you can't ask this motherfucker for a phone call. Like if you think that that's a big ask and that he's going to label you needy for that, then you really need to assess and pause because that is not needy. And if a guy can't do that for you, he's not boyfriend material. But so, you know, so it's like this weird complicated dance of having to be like, what is fair for me to ask for? And what's not fair for me to ask for? And no one else can answer that except for you. 
I know you said this was a speed round and that was like a four-part answer, but no, I love that because an- that answered like two of the other questions. Oh, no. good. And I was like, yeah. So I've been like, as you mentioned things, I'm like, okay, cool. I can take that one off, take that one off because it answers the questions. So I have a couple more for you. Are you ready? Yeah. I have, one yeah, yeah. Long- I have two long-ish ones. One short okay. one. Okay. okay. First short one. How do I stop chasing people and have people come to me? And you can answer this for clients or relationships or whatever you feel called to answer. Oh, cool. Well, it'd probably be like, it would probably be the same kind of answer. So the number one thing that I would sit with, and this is a question I ask everybody, is what is the value that you bring to relationships? That would be the number one thing. Because typically if we're in a habit of chasing, and I always say chasing is an energy, it's not an activity. Mm -hmm. So it's like chasing, I mean, sometimes it could be an activity, but like (laughs) typically, again, it's actually ties into sort of like the neediness thing because it's thinking, I need something from you. I need something from you. And, and entrepreneurs do this all the time with their clients, right? I need this client and I need this person to pay me and I need them to validate me and I need them for my business to thrive. Or it's like, I need this guy to like me so that I can feel okay. So I can feel, so we get into this weird hyperdrive thing of approval seeking and wanting other people to choose us when they aren't when they actively are currently not choosing us. And we can tell it, but we're like refusing to acknowledge it. So to shift that energetically, you have to go from thinking of a place to like, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm like pulling on this person because I want and I need something from them to actually understanding that it's like, oh, wait a second. I am actually like an overflowing mm-hmm. cup of like abundant, lovely possibility. I bring a fuck ton of value to relationships. Right now, I'm not in touch with that. I don't feel that way about myself. I don't think that I do. I think that like I'm an annoying, needy girlfriend. And if if anybody pays attention to me, like I'm, you know, I'm lucky. When really it's like, no, how are they lucky to be breathing the same air as you? Mm. Like I work my women in my single and slang program. I like work them so hard to be like any guy who scores an inch of your time is so hashtag blessed. Like, this is the space that I want you to practice yourself into of like really seeing this accurately that you bring a lot to the table. You bring a lot more than you think than you do. And it makes people uncomfortable to start owning that because we generally train women to like downplay and like not think that they're that great. I mean, you could say that we do that across the board, but it's more with women. Totally. Don't toot toot your own horn. You're not hot shit. It's going to turn people off if you do that. So you have to work against that resistance to be like, no, I bring a lot to the table. I have a lot to offer. Do I want to pour into you? Like, do I want to give you any of my precious attention and focus? I don't really know. And on a first date, like the other thing that happens is people will go out with someone and they automatically, yeah, go into it from this place of like, how do I get this guy to like me? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you have to shift to be like, wait a second, do I even like him? Do I even yeah. like him? Do I even know what it is that I like? Um, yeah, that's what I would say about that. Wait, so it's like an energy that you have to shift internally to start yeah. valuing yourself more and stop overvaluing others when they haven't even given them you reason to value them yet. Like, and check your investment. That's the other thing that I say to people too, is like, if you have like my, my fantasy, like romantic brain, like, could have a conversation with someone and then like then spend the next 72 hours being like, oh, we're going to have a beautiful life together and like yeah. make babies. And that's fine that that part of me exists, but she can't be running the show or making any of the dating decisions. It's fine mm-hmm. that she exists. She's not going to get behind the wheel and make any decisions because she is not fucking thinking clearly. So a lot of it too is being able to kind of like understand, yeah, you, ha- you can get excited about someone and you can think that they're really great. You could also be really wrong. 
and having to remind yourself of that and be like, I don't really know this person yet. You know, I don't really, I'm still figuring them out. I'm still getting to know them. There could be things about them that really make it to show that like, we're not aligned. So let me just like, not, you know, floor it and go like 60 miles per hour before the, all the signs and, and signals are there that that's a good idea. Oh my God. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. We can do like a whole episode on that pretty much. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, I'm like, shut up, Danielle. Shut up. We have to show you about. Okay. So, okay. Here's another one. Yeah. This, Okay. This one's the longest one. And then okay. I have the last one. And then I promise. This is so fun. Isn't okay. it? So I'm just like, let's just say all. <laughs> like, that's what I'm like, because we could just like talk about that forever. Because I think what you just said has so much to do with clients too. It like, does. It's the same. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. So this one is a, it's a story. So story time. Mm-hmm. Dear Amy, how do I get over this man? <laughs> we hung out a couple times and I liked him so much and he really liked me too. The signs were there. And then all of a sudden he's doing the slow fade and tells me he's seeing someone new, a girl that has he has been friends with for years. I obviously couldn't compete with their history and chemistry. I feel like he never got to ch- the chance to know me more. And yes, I know that he picked her over me, but if I were in his shoes, I would, and if I was in the shoes, I would have done the same thing. You don't get a chance to see some, some of the ways you might not like them and stuff like that, I guess, by like seeing them only a couple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, some, yeah, yeah. When they start, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, totally. Like they're talking about um, pretty much like when they start working and like after an interview, like they, it's a really good employee until it starts sucking or whatever. And how do you get over that person if you never get the chance to see what they suck at? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anonymous. (laughs) Great. Cute. Love it. So one of the things that you have to get really good at, and this is sort of similar to what I was saying is like, oh, my, my brain could invent a whole fantasy about how like, you're going to be the perfect father of my children, you know? And that's when things get cut off at the past, meaning like you go on like three dates with someone and then they don't want to keep seeing you. Our automatic assumption typically is that it's like, oh, I'm missing out on something right? Because they chose someone else, because they don't want to be with me, I must be missing out on something. And now this beautiful story that I've invented unconsciously about how great this could be, that I will never get to taste that and experience that. Just as easily as we can buy into that fantasy reality of like, I'm missing out on something. This isn't how this should have gone. This could have been such a great thing. It's just as highly likely that that relationship could have been a dumpster fire. And you just didn't get to the dumpster fire portion of it yet, right? And I really encourage anyone who has a hard time, I do so many videos about reframing rejection and healing the relationship you have with rejection because rejection highlights the same parts of our brain. Like it pushes the same psychological buttons as like life and death. Because back in the day, we're all pack animals. And as humans, like in caveman times, if you got rejected, if people didn't like you, if you were rejected from the herd, you were going to die. Like you literally could not survive. You burned at the stake. <laughs> yeah. So, so we feared rejection in the realest way. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, guy X from Tinder or this cool dude that you went and hung out with a couple times, you like doesn't want to be with you. Just understand that your brain is playing tricks on you that, sound, that feel like, genuinely feels like, I am never going to find anyone. I'm going to like stay isolated. I'm out in the cold in the wilderness by myself. I'm screwed. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And having to understand that like most of what your brain tells you just isn't true is a really (laughs) alarming thing to have to confront, right? To be like, oh, this is just 
this is just like a, yeah, like a story that my brain's concocted. And this is just like, yeah, these psychological buttons get pushed and then it equals output X. And then I have the emotional experience and then I just milk that emotional experience. So like you have to get really good at training yourself to go, okay, that's one potential reality that, yeah, like that could have been so great. And I love that, you know, this person is even saying like, I probably would have done the same thing. And I get that like, you know, they clearly have a very real connection, like hashtag blessed, like may they go and prosper, you know? But I would take it a step further to even say like, why am I convincing myself that this was some huge loss? Because anything that doesn't work out with any individual, right, is just freeing you up to, for things to work out down the road with the right person. And if you go out with someone and you have a really good time with them, or if you're in a relationship with someone and you have a really good time with them and things end, you're allowed to be disappointed, you're allowed to be bummed. But the other thing that plays into this is that we all are swimming in a reservoir of scarcity mindset being like, that was the last good one. That was the last good one. I haven't felt that way about a person in a really long time. I haven't met someone that that was that hot and cool and fun. And we both loved Quentin Tarantino movies or whatever it is, you know, like what are the odds of me finding that again? And I'm like, well, if you found one, there are probably others, you know, like, it's not like if you're going on safari and you see one giraffe, you're like, that must be the last giraffe. It's like where there are is one giraffe. There's probably other giraffes too, mm. where there's one decent guy good. Looks like you're going on a good track. Wait for the next one. It only ever, ever up levels. Like it's either going to be him or it's going to be someone better. That's the only way that it works. Mm, Oh my God. So good. I could listen to you talk all day long. Okay. (laughs) So last cue for today, (laughs) for today is how do you get over someone when they haven't done anything quote unquote bad, AKA in brackets, cheating, et cetera, but they have some qualities that make you incompatible, but you just can't shake the, what if I could make this work? Because hmm. it's not something like they've titled bad, which they is were like, like an, they were like an evil asshole. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Shot your dog. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I hate when my ex-boyfriends shot all my dogs. That was yeah, like the worst. That. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you move through um, that? How do you move through that? It's so helpful when they shoot your dog because you're just like, oh, now I just don't want to be with you. Um, Not traumatizing at all. No, but this is a good question. So the only way to kind of get over anyone or move on from anything is you have to see and really feel how that experience served you and benefited you. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and So that's the first thing that I would say is like start off by number one, assessing the relationship from a really kind of like honest observational place of being like, what did I learn? Like, what did this relationship give me that I could not have gotten any other way? Like, how did this relationship transform me into a a more fully realized, actualized version of myself? Like we have to start... Because the other thing that's so shitty is talk about like the brainwashing that we get, you know, is that like the only appropriate outcome for a relationship is happily ever after society wise. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a relationship and it fails, that's bad. I don't even look at like an, a relationship that ends is not even necessarily a failure. Like sometimes two people can love each other so much and just look at each other and be like, we don't belong together anymore, do we? Yeah. Like this sucks. Like compatibility wise or in longevity wise, or in terms of the vision that we each have for our lives, like this doesn't overlap anymore. So we have to let each other go. That's a win. Like that's actually a success story, but 
we're so trained and hardwired to view that as like a failure or as like a bad thing that we really do have to kind of do some work and convince ourselves that it's like, no, that relationship was a really good thing. And the way that it worked out is actually really, really good. And let me count the ways. Like, what are all the ways that this relationship really, really served me and helped me. And a lot of people are afraid to do that because they think it's going to make them like want the person and miss the person. But it actually most of the time helps provide a sense or create a sense of closure that we usually think is going to come from the other person or, you know, from, I don't know, like we're just going to magically wake up and be like, oh, the closure fairy visited me last night. Like the, like the closure fairy. I love talking about closure because it's so funny. Yeah. Right. But it's like, you have to create closure for yourself. So you have to get to the place where it's like, when I think about this person or this experience, I'm a little more at peace with it. And one of the ways to be at peace with anything in your life is to see like how it made you better, to see how you benefited from it. Um, the other thing that I would just say, and I don't know, because did they say anything about like what the, they didn't say anything about like how the relationship is functioning now, or if like they're trying to like be friends with the person or anything like that. Please no. hold as I complete your request. <laughs> um... I don't think so. I'm looking at your text. Oh, you're looking at it. (laughs) Yeah. I would just... No. Yeah. Okay. But it's super funny because do you want to... Because they said, but I feel like she would say you need to find someone that you feel really passionately about and you need to be okay with being single and being on your own. They literally was like, this is the question. But also I feel like she'll answer it. probably what she's going to say. So cute. Well, those things are probably true. Like I do think that a lot of it as well, and that kind of ties in because I was going to say it's important to be honest with yourself. Cause what I see a lot of people try and do is like when things don't end on a super shitty note, it's like, we can probably still be in each other's lives, you know, or like, let's just transition to being friends. We make more sense as friends now. And I think that it's really important to give yourself a little bit of distance and a little bit of a clean break to kind of just assess and come back to center with yourself. Um, which does tie in with like, yeah, you also, it's like, don't be avoidant of, being independent or being alone, like be, see like if that's uncomfortable for you or if that freaks you out, that's a good sign that that's exactly where you need to be. Right. So you can get a little bit friendlier with it. Um, but, and the other thing I would just say is like, and it sucks. No one really likes this answer, but it's like, you know, trust that like time well spent is, is going to help. Meaning like time spent, doing things that nourish and nurture you, like getting, like working on the relationship you have with yourself, going on dates with other people when you feel ready and exploring other connections, you know, like doing a little bit of the soul searching around like, or processing whatever you need to process around the relationship. But I think the biggest thing would just be like, everyone needs to get out of their own way and thinking that like a relationship ending is a bad thing. It's just not, it's just not, it's a sad thing, but it's not a bad thing. And like, if you can, as much as possible, give yourself like a huge pat on the back for being like, Whoa, I just like adulted really hard that me and this other person were able to recognize that we're not aligned anymore. That's amazing. And that's a really loving, generous gift to give to yourself and another person to like set each other free to go be with better people. Um, and let yourself be sad about it or disappointed about it, but also trust that it's like, this is the right move. Mm, yeah. I love that. I yeah. love you so much. You're you are the bomb.com. <laughs> this was so fun. I was just about to say that. No. I was literally just <laughs> saying Convergence. Convergence. Oh my God. Uh, soulmates. Okay. Up in here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm going to end the recording in a hot second here.
Uh, but is there anything that you would like to say to anyone before I hit stop on the recording? Um, Any final words? <laughs> I just say go like be really nice to yourself all the time. I would just say that to everybody. Like be like so so nice to yourself. You're like, you're doing a really good job humaning. Everybody is. That's all you can do. So like don't be an asshole to yourself or anybody else. Um, and yeah, and if you listen and you vibe with this, and like follow me on Instagram and check out my website, amyoungcoaching.com. You can learn more about me and my work in the world and all that stuff. And follow her on YouTube. And follow me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Amy Young. Yeah, I'll put it all in the show notes below. But Yay, like, let me just everyone you. go follow her. <laughs> thank you. What is up, friends? Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this week's episode of the Unleash Your Voice podcast. As promised, all your goodies are in the show notes below. So you can go ahead and swipe up and claim those. That's where all the information is on where you can find me, all the resources on my website, all the juicy, juicy info, where to find me on Instagram and all that fun things. Also, if we had a guest in this episode, you can bet your bottom dollar that I put all their juicy details below as well. So go ahead and swipe up and claim those. If you've got a friend where you're like, oh my God, they need this episode in their life, please, please, please share it with your humans. I want to get this work and these amazing epic guests and this podcast to as many human beings as physically possible so we can continue to unleash our voice and get really unfiltered up in this bitch. Okay. So go ahead, share with your friends, tag me on Instagram. If you want to share a screenshot of the show and you know what? Sharing is really, truly caring. So go ahead, go forth, multiply, share this with your friends. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode of the unleash your voice podcast. Until next time, go be bold, be bright, be you. You're fabulous. Stop being so goddamn secretive about it. I love you guys so much. Later, Gators.